Hello and welcome back to another episode of Stories brought to you by Kiosk M1C. Kiosk M1C is the voice of Lower Stable Street and has curated all shops, events and exhibitions on Lower Stable Street since Cordrop Shard first opened back in 2018. Their mission has been to support new businesses and provide an environment in which they can thrive and grow. I'm Maria Hanlon and in each episode I'll be finding out the real stories of how these businesses have developed and how the community has shaped their journey. In episode 10, I chat to the lovely Magali, the founder of Waxwine. Waxwine creates high quality, sustainable and beautiful candles out of recycled wine bottles. In this episode, Magali and I chat about the circular economy and minimalizing waste, why she decided to start Waxwine and also exciting future plans. It's such a clever concept and also makes the perfect gift. Magali was telling me that some people give her their wine bottles from their wedding and she makes them into candles. How cool is that? What a special gift and amazing memory. Okay, let's get going. This is episode 10 with Magali from Waxwine. Could you introduce yourself and tell me your role at Waxwine? So my name is Magali and I am the hands behind Waxwine. I am... uh, I basically do all the roles in the company because it's just a one woman's band. So I do the making, the sourcing of the bottles because I make wine bottle candles. Um, I do the social media. I do the packaging, the posting, pretty much everything. So yeah, just me, myself and I. A busy girl. Yeah. And what exactly <laughs> is Wax Wine? Tell us. So Wax Wine um, is a little company that repurposes wine bottles into homewares, mostly candles, but I also do jars, uh, lamps, um, glassware, and yeah, mostly candles. And they look beautiful. Yeah, they look beautiful. If you, yeah, thank you. <laughs> We're going to talk um, a bit more about the aesthetic. In a yeah, bit, I want to get deep into like why you create the different ones and all the scents and how you make them. But before we do that, can you take me back to the very start? So, why did you decide to start making candles and creating your business? All right. So, I had always had a big passion for the environment and sustainability and kind of reusing what we already have available to us. I have a background in design and art and but I ended up uh, working in hospitality and restaurants for a long time. Um, so I always had this crave of getting back into working with my hands. So it was in so COVID happened in 2020, right? So yeah. 2019, I was already pretty fed up with working in, in hospitality, you know, very long hours, very burnt out. So I was just thinking like, what can I do? What can I do that I can also make a profit from it? Because I had tried um, many, many years ago to start up like a little shop on Etsy in kind of like my product was very time consuming. Um, so I needed to make something that was like easy to sell, um, but very unique. So working in restaurants with wine and food, I, in my last job, I work with a lot of natural wines. Natural wine bottles have these very striking, fun uh, labels that I noticed that people had like display in their homes and in bars. So I thought, hmm, you know, I could do something like that because I had seen before bottles of beer, like Corona, being used as that, but never wine uh, bottles. Not to say that I'm the only person doing it. There are not many, but at the time, I had never seen wine bottles being done that way. So I got myself a bottle cutter for Christmas 2019. And then 2020 lockdown, COVID, you know, happened. 
in us you know many of us were making banana breads and going out for walks (laughs) and I was like just dusting my kind of like my craft kit and just trying to get creative I remember about the bottle cutter so I knew working in bars and restaurants and in the area that I lived in Hackney I knew a bunch of people in bars so I started asking them to save me bottles and I just practice and practice and practice and then kind of like the candle came second to the vessel I just needed to give it a purpose. Right. So, yeah, pretty much that's how it started. Um, and, yeah, it was, It was. I think I started practicing about June. No, 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 maybe May. Like every day, you know, you have nothing else yeah. to do. And I was pretty determined that I was going to quit my job. And, you know, like when I was leaving, we, we were in lockdown with not much money to, you know, to get you by. You just needed, like, to get pay your rent and that so I thought you know what I'm just gonna save my last my next two paychecks and quit my job and just go fully for this because I had I had great feedback straight away I just knew that if I had a product like if the vessel was safe and you know like ready to go uh into the public the rest will follow yeah. I just, just had faith. I like that bravery. You're like, I'm quitting. Yeah, well, this I, I kind thing. of felt like I have nothing else to lose. You know, yeah. I just, it was COVID. Like, it felt like the end of the world could yeah. happen. It was a good time for change, wasn't it, as well? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just thought, like, you know, it's, I can, this is my chance to, to, to give it a full go. It's all or nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, quit my job. And well, maybe it was like being there at the right time, you know, but it, I got quite a lot of hype straight away. People was doing a lot of shopping online at the time. So I started on Etsy and then suddenly like some uh, wine bars in other countries like Copenhagen in Denmark uh, placed a massive order and then they had that gave me exposure to other people in, in that kind of industry of uh, like wine lovers and especially the natural wine scene. Yeah. And it was really good, happy, you know, happy moments from there. And I was just like, okay. So I had a little bit of um, money made straight away and I just created the brand. So I put a little money into um, getting a nice logo designed by someone else. And then, yeah, the rest is... The rest is history. And here we are. Yeah. Why was it so important to you then to create something that was sustainable? Because obviously you're reusing the wine bottles once they've been used before. You're going to different bars and stuff. Why was it important to have that sort of environmental friendly element and also something that's like, because you also use totally natural ingredients. Why was that such an important factor? Well, I think that we live at, uh, in a moment in that where people just, we produce too much of everything and we consume too much of everything and I just wanted that's not going to stop you know if I if if I am like oh well no I should not make another product that is just going to create more pollution and stuff no because people will keep buying with me or without me so I just thought how can I create something smarter that yeah of course I'm not here just you know I want to generate some profits but I also have to be responsible towards the planet, myself and everybody else. So it was very important for me to create something that would that had more of a circular concept behind it rather than linear. Like these days, all candles, everything that you purchase is made, is destined to the bin. Everything ends up in landfill. Um, 
for example, just in terms of glass, only less than 50% gets recycled. And once you recycle a material, it loses a lot of its properties. So you, you don't get to use the same recycled glass. You have to top it up with more pure uh, material plus energy and all that. So, yeah, it's, it's, sometimes I get, I guess I have that kind of like, um, it's called like uh, green anxiety that you just want to do so much for the planet. But I just... I knew that I could make it fun, you know, and also inspiring. So it was also reusing a material that could be, you know, that could be used multiple times. So my products are refillable, so they don't go, once your candle is finished, for example, it doesn't end up in the bin, um, you can refill it again and again. So one thing that I want to know is where do you get the bottles from? I've seen some clips on your Instagram of you cycling around on your bike, like collecting them. Do you know where to go to get them? Do you have good contacts of like who will save some or how does that element work? Yeah, so I, I think that part of me coming from like a hospitality background helped me a lot because I already had lots of um, contacts in little wine bars where I lived in Hackney. Um, so... I guess during lockdown, it worked out that I was cycling everywhere because that was pretty much the only option. But then I just thought, you know, how could I keep it even more sustainable? Like by me collecting all the bottles from sites and just like, you know, not producing any carbon emissions. So, yeah, bike. I got a bike trolley. <laughs> and what was funny was that at the beginning of COVID, yeah, all the bars were kind of open. Uh, but then we had a full lockdown. And I was like, oh, no, my business is just getting started. And now I have no bottles. But there was such a lovely community uh, spirit going on because everybody was drinking a lot at home. Yeah. So people will reach out and offer me their bottles. So I really never ran out of sources. But now, completely out of lockdown, I guess I made really good relationships with businesses where not only they save... I mean, some people have not been very helpful. Some people have been wanting to sell me their recycling, which I think is a little mean because... Yeah. If it's going to be recycled anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So I just, really makes sense. I just don't work with them. Yeah. And some other people... I understand, you know, they don't have the space to keep them for me. Like, I would probably have to go at the end of the night and or just get them straight from the bins. But when I... I can just picture you, like, late at night on your bike, like, rummaging through bins and, like, finding bottles. The first months where I was, like, picking up bottles, I just felt like such a tramp. Uh, I was so embarrassed. I used to call my mom. I'm like, I don't want to go and ask for the bottles. And she's like, you're doing something positive. You know, you, it's, you should be proud rather than embarrassed. And then I kind of, like, I worked with pride you know like I was like I'm saving your business bottles yeah. and I'm saving these bottles from going to landfill so yeah now I have really good relationships with some venues that have the little a little space to keep them for me I kind of like I treat the team and I give them candles every so often or I repurpose the bottles that they choose and they use the bottles as cutlery holders napping holders they use the candles in their bathroom in their toilets so that's a good way to do it as well yeah and also I am now out of that area where I used to leave I move out um, out of London so it's being a little tricky to source all those really cool uh, label uh, bottles that I used to get here which I still do but you know different towns different market so people have you know people some people prefer very classic labels that tells you what like the grape variety or and some other prefer something very funky like in London so yeah that's yeah. fun. Yeah. And how do you choose the scents then? Do you try and match it to the label or is there like a process you use or is it just smells that you love and think will work really well? 
Yeah, no, I, well, very recently for um, a kind of like a commercial um, project that I did with a, um, some wines from France that they were being promoted in London, I did um, tailor um, the scents for specific wines from that uh, region of France. But, for, but I had to use fragrance. And I tend to work with only natural ingredients, so I use just mostly essential oils. And imagine these are, you know, um, they're, they come from plants, distillations from plants and bark and that kind of thing. So it's hard to match that to a wine profile. Yeah. So I, I kind of started doing them based on things that I find that people will really enjoy that are not too artificial or too strong or too fake you know I don't have things like that smell like Christmas but I will have something Christmassy like made with cinnamon and orange not your fake vanilla or it's just not something that I'm into I just want it to be as natural as possible Um, but I've also learned that some people do want that and if I just want to maybe I'm I'm missing out on potential customers by just doing my the sense that I want to do. But so far, I think all the scents are very popular that I've created. And at first, when I started making candles, I they were all unscented. Just because I had that background of, of restaurants, working with restaurants, so ingrained in me that I just thought, oh, well, I'm going to light my candle when I'm dining and I don't want any smells to get to interfere with my food. <laughs> I guess that's all I could think at the time. I was like, you know, working very long days all the time. Um, and then I thought, no, actually, you need a little bit of scent, but subtle. You yeah. Know? It shouldn't be like, oh, you know, you Not come into a room. Yeah. yeah. And another thing that you say is that you, the candles sound like a mini fireplace. You yeah. said on your Instagram and on your website. So why did you choose to use those wooden wicks that give off that? Yes, so, vibe. So there is obviously before, you know, when when you have when it's your business, I guess you put a lot of thought and research into what you're gonna end up using. And part of my interest is, interest in sustainability was to use materials that were not too harmful to the environment. Like, so I'll, I'll just tell you a little bit about the wax, for example. The wax is plant based and is made with coconut and rapeseed wax. Most people only know as plant-based options or like sustainable options, soy. And I thought most candle makers are sell- that are selling natural candles are using soy. So what if I offer a different option of plant-based that is, you know, so we're not just using like monoculture, you know, using that much of the soy-based Let's let's give it a hit to the to the coconut and rapeseed, which is also I know exactly is traceable. So part of my interest in sustainability is knowing sourcing responsibly, knowing where that comes from. So when I was doing my research on that, and then I was looking at wicks as well, I I knew that I love the the wooden ones. Also because the candles were scented at the beginning, I thought that that would add an extra element to your candle like that crackle um that is like a mini fireplace a portable fireplace yeah and till these days one I think is one of the favorite things that people like about my candles that crackle it's like a cozy feeling I think isn't it that sound and that yeah I always say to people when I'm here at the market and 
and I tell them like, have you ever heard a, a crackling canto? They're like, no, and I need to tell them because otherwise they freak out. I think a friend of mine didn't know that it was a crackling uh, wig and he thought that there was a mice in the house. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like running around yeah. trying to catch yeah. his mouse. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's so funny. And then, so we've talked, we've spoken a little bit about the sort of mini fireplace vibe. We've t- spoken about the scents, but what is the actual process behind making the candle? You touched on it at the very beginning. So you have to cut the glass. So talk to me a little bit about how you first of all get that bottle like that, and then how you fill it with the candle with the wax. Yeah. So I rarely, unless it's a custom order, I do all the steps in one go. Like I have a day where I collect the bottles, another day where I cut them, another day where you know. I get them sanded, then another day when I do the candles. So um, I break it down into days so I can get a bunch of them done because every single process is just handmade. You know, like most candles that are coming vessels, you just order your pack of 100 glasses and fill them up. But with the making of the of the vessel, it takes a little more time consuming. So I so collect the bottle from restaurants, bars, then I cut them. I still have the same cutter that I used three years ago, which I bought online, you know. Um, and then I sand it. I make it really safe so, you know, no one can no one cut themselves. And then I, um, like, decide which scent I'm going to use for it, pour the wax, leave them dry overnight. And the next morning I come, I kind of dry the top so you have a super glossy finish. And then I leave them to cure for a couple of weeks before they're out in shops or bring them to the market or they go into my online shop. That's so interesting. And you also do workshops, so you show people how to do this. Yeah. How have they been going so far? They've been going really well. So um, that's something that when I started, I knew I kind of have a little little very simple business plan of how I saw, you know, what what I could see happening for the business, not just selling candles, but also I, it's not like I get bored easily, but you know, you need, I need to have, it can't just be making candles. It needed to be more than that, inspiring to people how to, you know, reuse things or somehow. And and I had done workshops in the past. I found them, I find them very, um, just very rewarding to be able to transfer a skill to someone else is really nice. So, um, yeah, so that was in the plan at the beginning. Yeah, workshops definitely is an extra, you know, you need to find different incomes because candles kind of, I figure out that it's quite seasonal. Um, it's for the winter mostly, and then the rest of the time is quiet. So what do you do at the time? So, yeah, there was a plan of workshops. I ran the very first one when we were in lockdown. So I sent uh, on Zoom, like many other workshops were being run, and I sent people like a massive box with all the kit. And it was like at the beginning I started doing like it was a wine tasting and candle making. Hence the name kind of a wax wine. Um, and then I guess people, I it was about 15 people I think that I did the very first one. And it was just kind of a word of mouth. And then I did another one. And then I think for a while I did them like every three, four months. And yeah, I think they're going well. They've changed, they've developed. Like now I do some corporate ones. That's nice to see how without really promoting it because that's something that as a small business uh, owner, I really don't have a lot of budget like big companies do to spend on marketing. So every single thing that you put out 
just returns in a different form of income, you know, like or or a purchase or like yesterday I had a, I don't get many Google reviews. They just direct message, uh, messages or thank yous. But someone left one yesterday and said, this is my favorite candle ever. And she purchased one after she left the review. So I was wondering, that's funny. Yeah. So obviously someone must have gifted her that thing. So, you know, it was just, yeah. I don't know if this is related to the workshops, but just like, it's just being very natural how it's been growing into into those things. Like in September, I have one at the Roundhouse oh, coming cool. up. That's a great venue. It's a great venue. So it's like, you know, and things that I'm not pitching myself. So it's nice that they, from, you know, one little online, oh, on the workshop on Zoom, the rest has just naturally flown. That's so good. Yeah. Also so rewarding seeing those reviews and knowing that your work is like the perfect gift and making people happy. Yeah. That must be so lovely. So moving on then, what does a typical, maybe not a day, because as you said at the start, each of your days are different. What does a week look like? How do you split up your time? How do you run this business in those days? Yeah, so I would first kind of drop a few messages to the people that, um, the the bars that collect the bottles for me and give them like thumbs up, like, hey, I'm coming next week, you know, to, to make sure that, especially now that I don't live in London and I come specifically for it. Um, me and my partner drive and just like go through different bars and just like load the car and go back. And, you know, well, sometimes the question, is that still sustainable? Yes, because I'm not ordering, you know, a ready manufactured product. I'm still reusing what is available there. So, yeah, collecting the bottles from various sites and cutting. So I do a lot of prep. So I prep all my vessels. Um, Then I kind of prep the things that are going to go online or the things that are going to go for the market. And then one day where I do all the pouring of the wax and uh, one day a week I make all my orders. Most of the orders for that come online from my website are ready to go. But I've been taking the custom order market is growing for me. So, you know, like if people that have a wedding anniversary bottle or like... Yeah, like I, that's that's something that I'm really happy how it's, it's growing because every I think every single person has a special like a special bottle that they would like to keep forever. No, um, so that's my master plan. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, <"Mwah-ha-ha." laughs> how can I make that happen? I don't know yet, but it's the plans. <laughs> I think yeah. that is literally the perfect wedding gift gift because I yeah. always struggle to know what to get people and you want it to be special yeah something to do with their day or you know something they can have forever yeah that's the perfect gift yeah and I know you know what like now I know that so many people I've been well inspire them or give giving them the idea of what they could gift it might not be an immediate gift but if you sneak out a couple of empty bottles from the wedding and gift give them back you know how excited that's like a little challenge on the day don't get too drunk and make sure you go home with one of the bottles i have people that bring their bottles from when they were on holiday somewhere or a wedding abroad and like they obviously get checked and like what is this yeah yeah Um, it makes sense trust us yeah yeah. so yeah so a bit of like it's all the collecting the making prepping um custom orders and then admin boring stuff so what would you say is one of the most rewarding parts of all of this of your job making cash out of rubbish I think I think it's amazing (laughs) it really put a smile on my face all the time yeah (laughs) it's like um like (laughs) yeah especially when you like sometimes 
you know, the imposter syndrome and all that kicks in and you're like, oh God, I have not had any sales. And then you're like, and then you get a sale from the other side of the world of bottle tops, an empty bottle that was going in the bin and suddenly someone wants to buy it. And you're like, you know, I've done something good there. This is maybe quite silly, but I think I said to my boyfriend, I have this slogan, use it rash, icy cash. You know, it's, it's, just, <laughs> yeah, it's I like great. That. I think I, I always was like, I've always been quite like, savvy like I, I like thrift stores and I like to make you know things that probably I like to see the potential in things yeah so I think it feels more like rewarding when you take something that was going to be literally yeah rubbish or recycling and making it into something that makes people happy as well it's such like positive product yeah so I think that is super rewarding and yeah and being able to to just to start at this, I think to, to have my little, to being self-employed and generating, uh, you know, yeah, being able to do this on my own, pretty yeah. rewarding. And on the other side, what is the hardest part or the most challenging part of your job, would you say? I think it's obviously the inconsistency and, and uncertainty of, of, of everything. Like I started during COVID, obviously people buying online all the time and you're like, woohoo quit your job and just <laughs> do this and then suddenly you're like oh uh, not so much anymore and you don't make any sales and you're like what a terrible idea and you know there's when if you have two days or a few days when sales are not coming in you're like oh my god what was I thinking you know da 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 um so that can be difficult to snap out of it and remind yourself that that time is I was just saying to someone that you know the quiet time when you don't have that many sales Coming in is the best time to develop new ideas. So think of think of the workshop. So I think I'm an optimist. So I, I write. I like to see that when things are not going great financially, or you know, or like you know, some you, you can use that time and, and turn it into something positive. But also um, realizing that a product doesn't work. I think that is very hard for a lot of people to. To accept and to say like, oh, this product that I thought that it was the best seller is actually not. That can be challenging. Yeah, that kind of leads into the next question then. So what is a lesson that you've learned on your journey so far? I've learned to say yes to a lot of things because just like I was so stubborn to not have scented candles or to not only use wine bottle, um, natural wine bottles or to only work with these people or, you know, no. I think it's important to be open because you never know where that would lead to. Saying yes to stuff, I think, is the best, so, especially yes. when you're starting out. Because like you said, yeah. that person could then give you an opportunity or they could give you, in your case, loads of bottles or have yeah. loads of contacts or oh business or whatever. So, 100, 100%. Yeah, and I think that's the great thing about being down here as well. There's so many small businesses down in Coldrop Shard. I feel like they all sort of feed into each other or help each other out or, you know, yeah. you elevate each other, which is such a lovely thing. It, it is. I think that's my favourite thing. Um stupidly I think when I first started I was like someone told me why don't you do markets I'm like no markets no that's not my that, where I should be selling my product I should be selling it in this shop and I, was like, I was I didn't know what I was talking about you know because the, that's my favorite thing at the moment or or it's just super rewarding that is one of the most rewarding things question as well is um working with like-minded people like yeah the, the, the vibe at the markets just 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 seeing the how enthusiastic people are and, you know, passionate and, you know, we're a bit of like, you know, we break all the rules and we don't want to do our like nine to fives. And, yeah. You know, so it, that that's really cool. Yeah, definitely. And so what are your future plans? 
the wax wine. Future plans, so um, I am pregnant now, so I'm gonna have probably to take a little break uh, of a lot of things <laughs> yeah so I've been I've been not you know just probably perhaps for like the, the rest of the year I'll still be selling online I'll try to do whatever I can but, but you know if I can do markets god knows how big I'll get so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but I will so I that that has put a little bit on hold some of the plans that I had so but I should get them uh, happening next year but one of them where I want to work on a special design for the wine bottles that are labelless, so no labels anymore, just specific colors to specific scents. So I have a more uniform product so I can expand on my wholesale market. Um, so that's that. And uh, I think the workshops have uh, kind of developed really naturally, but maybe do a little bit more corporate work. Yeah. Um, I have one coming up next month as well with a big uh, like credit card company. So those those things. Um, so far, everything has flown very naturally for for me. I, I mean, I think I quit my job because I was so so stressed. Um, and doing what I do now is about just slow living, taking it one step up step at a time. Um, I realized that making the money I needed to make in order for me to be in peace and happy was just as long as I cover all my bills, I was happy. So, yeah, I think the next project will be just working a little bit on the candle design element, still wine bottles, um, but everything else will just naturally fly. I like this. It sounds like you made the right choice. You're so much happier in doing your own business oh, and God, doing yeah. what you love, and that's amazing. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> that's, a big, that's a big deal. Yeah. So a question that we always finish the podcast yeah. on is what is the one book or it could be a film or yeah. a workshop or an exhibition, someone wanting to get into candle making or doing doing their own business yeah. similar to yours should consume? Just one. <laughs> it can be more. <laughs> well, none of them are actually specific about candles because I think if you look at a candle company, you're going to probably end up with a product very similar to them, and that's not what you want. So exactly, yeah. If anyone has an interest in sustainability, I will very recommend to look, read a book called Cradle to Cradle. So it's following that system of circularity rather than linear, like, you know, from shop to bin, uh, whatever trade you want to get into is. Like, if, if you're going to create a product, whether it's food or whatever, that's just so, so great advice in that book. Like, it just tells you about... How everything that's around, like just look around you in this room right now, everything's being designed, created, and where is it going to end? So that is very inspiring. Then, for me, something that directly inspired me is a company called Phil, F-I-L-L, um, that it follows, they basically do refills for cleaning products. So, you know, it's not candle, but... I worked with them a couple of times uh, repurposing some of the kind of like out of stock um, dated bottles that when they rebranded. I really like their whole uh, philosophy behind it, you know, like zero waste, how they supply all around the UK with these very natural, sustainable um, 
products and they go and refill in big tanks. Their graphics are amazing. They tend to do a lot of collaborations with a lot of people. Um, so it's not necessarily that we do the same, but I admire how they've grown their brand and, and their, yeah, their ethos to, to refilling is amazing. So yeah, I will look at them if you're interested in Just as a company in branding, that's pretty, pretty, pretty sweet. I feel like now more than ever is a really good time to be doing that sort of stuff like refilling and finding new ways to work with stuff and recycle. It seems like a great time to have started your business back then and, you know, admiring other businesses that are doing it and doing it really well. So that's great. What is the one place in King's Cross that everyone should check out and why? Where's your fave place? I... And just just coming in here today, I, I actually took a picture of it. Um, it's just the screen by the canal. Oh, yeah. You know, I think it's amazing. I mean, all all around here, like this street, Gold Drops Yard, King's Cross, you can you can have a little budget or you can have a big budget. You can go and do a little, you know, shop at the, at the at waitress and get a little picnic going, sit right on those steps, get a bottle of wine or go and eat. <laughs> yeah. and, and save the bottle as well. And save the bottle. Yeah, yeah, you can. And it's free. To, you can watch Wimbledon now. Yeah. You can watch a film. I think it makes it really hard to go back to work after I've recorded the podcast. I walk past yeah. it and I'm like, I just want to sit in the sun and watch the tennis and Every, just relax. Yeah, it's everybody's nice so happy. Yeah, definitely. I've never noticed anything like, you know, everybody getting too rowdy, but, you know, drinks are flowing. Everybody's really nice. The sun is shining. Yeah. So I think that's my favorite. That's a good choice. I think I'd choose that too. It's a good, it's a good one. And then just to finish off, where can people find you online and where can they buy your products? Yeah. So you can find me on my website. So it's waxwine.car.uk. Um, and my handle on Instagram is wax.wine.ldn. Amazing. Go check it out. Well, thank you so much, Magali, for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me.